all status, now I'ma beat y'all bit I pull up on the block, in a beat Welcome to the Rise Project, episode 94, conversation about life, entrepreneurship, personal development, family, tech, and marketing. My name is Ivan Temelkov, and I'm your host. Joining me this morning is my amazing sidekick, Courtney Turner. Good morning, Courtney. How are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. So on this podcast, you will gather 100% Real, raw, and unfiltered life-changing advice to help you level up in every aspect of your life and business and help you reach your goals and dreams. So uh, let's say it's been, what, two weeks, Courtney, I think, since we went live? Yeah. Wow. So, like, what's going on in Courtney's world? What have you been up to the last couple of weeks? Um, That's a very good question. I feel like it's been pretty busy. It's been kind of a whirlwind in terms of, you know, what's going on in the world and the news and yeah pretty caught up in all of that um yeah 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 so um yeah it's been you're definitely right it's been an interesting couple weeks so um Mm -hmm. and uh one of the reasons why i wanted to chat about that actually is because um my uh a couple of teachers in my kids daycare actually caught covid and so um i i i literally uh, was bogged down for about two weeks with my daughter being at home because mm. she had to be quarantined. And so let's just say that my life got flipped upside down, literally. Um, and it, it was actually very interesting, to be honest with you, because um, you suddenly realize how creative you have to get, really, to to kind of mm. survive because, you know, that's like an extra layer. I mean, mind you, you know, my kids are usually at daycare, you know, during the days. And so, you know, I've got free time to do work. So, you know, with, with my daughter being at home, like I had to cancel some things and I had to delay some stuff, some work didn't get done. Right. And so, um, and then I had a business trip, actually, uh, I was out in the West Virginia. Yeah. So it it was pretty good. It was fun. Um, I was out in uh, Bristol city, uh, which is in West, well, it's West Virginia (laughs) slash Tennessee, because it's kind of like, you know, one side of the street is Tennessee and the other side is West Virginia. So it was kind of cool, you know, you're right on the border. Yeah, exactly. So I was like right on the border. And so, um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, the last two weeks have been crazy, crazy, crazy. And we're, we're about to go into further lockdowns. So yeah, I know. Right. Like not just lockdown, uh, but we have curfews, which is, you know, fascinating to me. Apparently we have very fancy science. We realized that the virus is a super virus between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m., which is just amazing. And that is crazy. So, yeah. And uh, we also no, no longer can dine outside. We can't, you know, eat out at all. Um, everything's been completely shut down. So yeah. but I'm very fascinated by this uh, new science, you know, that we've, discovered a virus that it has superpowers between these efforts. So we're, we're, we're very advanced. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because, you know, we're, we're starting to see that actually, um, the funny thing you mentioned that is, uh, we actually had our first friends giving last night at the house. Nice. And, um, uh, we only had, you know, one family of friends that came over to hang out. Um, but, but get this, that this was so ludicrous. So, uh, my wife's best friend actually owns a gymnastics gym, just across the Oh, awesome. And, you know, somebody had decided to call the cops on her because she's still open in the state of Illinois. They literally have a, what is it, a, a third tier lockdown now. And somebody actually called the cops. And so she actually couldn't show up <laughs> to the Friendsgiving because she had to go and attend to the cops. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, are people literally that evil? Like that you would yeah. do something like that, and they, they are, they are, it, they really it, are. But you know, it's just crazy. It really is. It really is, and 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 it's scary. You know, it's scary it because is. we are. Well, this week is Thanksgiving. You know, coming up, and you know, this is a time of year when we're supposed to be showing gratitude and thanks. I, for- I, this is the other thing. This virus is like really amazing because it spikes before every major holiday. That is not, true. not during the holidays, but right before, so that people can't celebrate the holidays. So yeah. it has like this internal calendar where it knows when all the holidays are, and that's when it spikes. 
it's <laughs> is it is isn't that the funny like how how that works basically is like how that how that spikes right before the the holidays right <laughs> yeah. I, I know it's it's so so ironic so yeah um uh and actually before we we jump into a couple other things um i wanted to um uh first of all mention a quick announcement that we are back on the multi-stream every monday and friday at 11 a.m central standard time 12 p.m Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're broadcasting video on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on uh, Periscope, uh, which, by the way, apparently we're striking a hot iron on Periscope from what I found. Um, it's oh. fascinating. Um, and let's see, what else did I miss? And then in audio, we are available on every major platform out there in the world. Uh, one other thing that I also wanted to mention is uh courtney turner's podcast is now live so you guys need to go and check it out at courtneyturner.com and also courtney's uh youtube channel as well amazing i mean your story is fascinating courtney it, it's just like i mean as i was as i was going through it and listening to that episode again i was like holy shit like, and there were actually details in your story that, like, I think it might have, like, you know, went in one year and go gone out the other for me, honestly, <laughs> because I have those moments, believe it or not. And like, <laughs> as I was, like, re-listening this, I was like, like, you know, here's people that are bitching and moaning about, like, shit that they're, like, you know, they've been granted, they've been blessed to have. And after listening to your story, it's like, you know what? Maybe my life's not so fucking bad, you know? <laughs> It's just like it, it gives you a sense of gratitude and appreciation. And I feel like, in fact, this is another post that I was working on later on today. Is I feel like a lot of what we're seeing in social media right now is, you know, uh, uh, misconceptions, opinions, hatred, violence, uh, controversy also. And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, OK, where's the positivity in all of this? <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? And it's like, when you think about it, it's like, you know, we're all talking about, oh, we want to be unified, you know, like we right. want to work together as humans, but like we're dividing each other. So much. Like, purposely so dividing much. each other. And, you know, maybe it's just me, but like, I, I, I kind of did an observation this past week of like my Facebook stream and like my Instagram stream. And I'm like, you know, like a lot of this is controversy. A lot of this is, you know, opinions. A lot of this is misconceptions, like everything everybody's saying. And there's just so little positivity. In fact, I happened to turn on the news because uh, I have YouTube TV and I was scrolling through channels to find the movie. Uh, I was actually looking for Christmas Vacation because that <laughs> is the movie that I watch like 50 gazillion times every year. And we happen to have it recorded on YouTube TV. So I'm scrolling through it and I'm like, like, Every news station that I scrolled through, honestly, was like the story that just happened to catch was nothing positive, literally, just like for a split of a second, just going through. I'm sitting here thinking, and I'm like, this is terrible. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, this is we're in the holidays and Thanksgiving and, and maybe because I, I'm so much into the spirit now and I mm -hmm. watch too much Clark Griswold also as well. Yeah. And in fact, um, oh, uh, fun fact. I was climbing on the roof this past weekend, hanging lights, because when my kids say we want Christmas lights, guess what Ivan does? I crawl my ass up up on the roof and I start installing Christmas lights That's because awesome. paying someone $500 to do it just doesn't seem feasible to me. I'm like, I'm going to put this up in an hour. You know, you're going to make 500 bucks, you know? Oh. So anyway, uh, so definitely go and check out Courtney's podcast uh, as well. And, um, that leads us into let's let's talk about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving this week. So, what are you thankful for, Courtney? I am thankful for so much. I am thankful to be here. I am thankful for my health, for my friends, my family. Mm -hmm. I am thankful for the freedoms that we still have. Um, yeah, right. I'm thankful. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm thankful for so much, and I think that uh, one of the things that I, I love so much about this holiday is the time to really dial in and, you know, recognize what you're grateful for. I think something, I, I actually wrote an article, it was eight years ago now, 
Uh, but I think it still very much holds, you know, how I feel today uh, yeah. about how, you know, we as a society have become very shameful as opposed to grateful. Yeah. And I, I think shame is, you know, it's a natural human emotion. Uh, but I think that when it's being taught and, you know, inculcated, that that's really dangerous. Um, and it's very dangerous to the, the psyche, you know, human beings need to have hope. And that, I think, stems from having gratitude for what you have. Yeah. Uh, so I think that this is a time right now to recognize the things that we do have, to be really grateful for them, and to figure out how to preserve them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, you're 100% correct. And I agree with that so much on so many levels, because um, you have to have a sense of gratitude inside yourself. You know, um, I actually, uh, recently, uh, I was I was doing a live, I think it was um, when I was out of town on Twitch. And um, someone actually had brought up, um, uh, I'm going to butcher the term, it's anti something, um, anti metalism or something like that i'm trying to remember the word but it has to do with the fact it, it's a very counterintuitive mentality basically it talks uh, talks about the fact that you know uh human beings are in in fact um uh, a resentment to society mm -hmm. it's a very you know degrading type of uh philosophical mentality and like i'm sitting here and basically this person was saying that like you know like, what's the point of having goals and dreams? What's the point of having gratitude? You know, I'm sitting here. I'm like, you must live a really lonely life. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you you must be really like, you know, in, in sorrows and pain and negativity. And I just can't quite yeah. fathom how anybody would live like that. You know, so they were saying that the, there was no point in having gratitude. Yeah, basically. So uh, anti. Oh, here it is. Um, I found it. Antinatalism is a philosophical position and social movement that assigns a negative value to birth. Antinalists argue that humans should abstain from procreation because it is morally bad. Some also recognize the procreation of other sentient beings as morally bad. Like, do you fathom that? <laughs> I, I, I can't possibly fathom it, but, you know, I'm seeing right. a lot of it. I, I think it is a it is a very real movement. Mm -hmm. um, and the, you know, I, it stems from these depopulationists who, you know, uh, think that human beings are bad for the environment. Right. Um, you know, and they, they have this theory that we are overpopulated, which is actually statistically not true. We are overpopulated in cities, um, but as a species, we are not. Um, and there is actually a lot of, uh, in most of the world, you know, there's certain parts where, you know, people are still yeah. procreating, but in most of the world, like it used to be common generations ago to have five, six siblings, you know, and now yeah. lots of people don't even get married, don't even have children. Um, so they, there is, a, I, I, I have seen this, this movement towards a, a moral approach mm -hmm. to that. Yeah. Um, which I think is just astounding. I mean, I think human beings, we are flawed beings, obviously. We are far from perfect. We've done so much for the world. And yeah. that is what we're here to do. And to it, this goes back to this idea of shame, though, right? Is that we should have some sort of uh, core shame in our existence. How is that productive to anybody? Right. And that's essentially what you're saying. This idea, I mean, if we should uh, disparage procreating then that essentially means that human beings have no value or worse than that they have negative value and exactly. i just don't see how that that's productive to anything yeah no um you know there's there's so much and i, and I appreciate you actually sharing your take on this because i know that uh philosophy is your thing uh in <laughs> psychology also and i very much admire that but uh you mentioned a couple of things, and, and, and this really goes to talking about gratitude. You know, this is the week of Thanksgiving also, and, and why we should be grateful, you know, for a lot of things that you mentioned they're grateful, a lot of things that I'm grateful for. And um, you're absolutely right. We, we as human beings are flawed. That's a known fact. We're imperfect, but that's the beauty about it and how 
God created us individually is just that he created us to be imperfect because we could contribute to society and we could perfect and we could improve each other. I shouldn't use the word perfect, by the way, because perfect is so flawed, but improve each other, improve ourselves also and be able to learn and grow. Because think about it is that's the essence of life, right? That's why you're given a life is to go through all of these experiences. And so um, I think Thanksgiving just realized a holiday, you know, br- should bring that sense of gratitude and unify people and really make you realize that, you know what, like my life does have a meaning. And there's absolutely. a lot of people out there that I think you're, you're absolutely right, especially right now with everything that's going on with the pandemic and politics and so much violence. And I think I also want to add Thanksgiving is an American holiday. Yes. Uh, Right. And so I really implore people to study the truth of American history. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, another movement towards this revisionist history that creates a lot of shame around our history. And again, we are flawed human beings. Flawed human being creates flawed society. You know, America has not done everything perfectly, but we have done a lot that is very good. Yeah. Uh, and Thanksgiving is really the story of, you know, uh, entrepreneurialism and of, uh, you know, freedom and of people, our ancestors who took tremendous risks and through those risks, they had tremendous ingenuity. Um, and I think that that is really important to, to recognize and to celebrate and to recognize that the reason that we have so much prosperity and so much, uh, you know, ingenuity and freedom today is because of our ancestors. Yeah. Uh, and that is something to really cherish, really be grateful for, really honor and respect. So, yeah, you know, uh, first of all, I appreciate you bringing up the fact that Thanksgiving is an American holiday because that's really important, um, you know, to notate. In fact, you know, me being an immigrant, I actually have family members, you know, across the pond who. Uh, referred to it as Turkey Day, you know, Day of the Turkey, basically. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, okay, I have to correct you because it's not just about a freaking turkey. No, it's it's not. it's the turkey is is the gratitude and the appreciation. It's a celebration behind, like you said, the prosperity and the freedom and what are what what uh, the ancestors have done. You know, the forefathers that fought for, like you said, you know, both of us are entrepreneurs and. To be able to have this willpower and this freedom and to be able to, you know, congregate with family and friends and loved ones, you know, mm-hmm. and and mind you that family is not, I wanted to mention this, family is not just by blood. Sure. Family are, are people that genuinely, you know, support you and are there for you, you know, because I think one of the biggest misconceptions, especially around Thanksgiving, is that let's get together with family, like blood family, cousins and aunts and uncles and all of that, right? Because right. it's a blood relation, right? But no, it's not. It's, you know, it could be your best friend from high school. That's family. You know, someone's really? been there with you for all these years. And I think people... You know, first of all, there's a misconception about Thanksgiving to the outside world. And I think also the the way that, you know, families celebrate it, I think, on Thanksgiving, you know, is that it's not just by blood. It's it's family. There are people that you hold close to you. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And uh, I think the the history of Thanksgiving shows that, you know, the mm-hmm. people who gathered around, it was the people who you know, they weren't all by blood, you know, it was gratitude for those in their lives that had contributed to this uh, prosperity that enabled the feasts that they had. Um, You know, and I think there's another thing I really want to address is just that um, what when you ask, like, what am I grateful for? And one of the things I am grateful, and I said, I was grateful for the freedoms that we still have. And you know, part of, we're both entrepreneurs, you know, as an entrepreneur, you take risks, right? you take risks you have to have the freedom to do so um right. and you know our ancestors took tremendous risks they came here fleeing religious persecution uh economic uh tyranny and you know they came here to take risks that are beyond what i think any of us could possibly fathom today yeah. and yeah. you know i always say there's actually a risk-taking gene it's the rdr4 with the seventh ll and I'm convinced that Americans uh, are, you know, comprised of the highest population of people with those gene- with that gene. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And you see that with the ingenuity that Americans have uh, fostered and, you know, their the things that they have created and uh, developed, you do see that. But I think there is a, you know, that is at risk currently. Um, You know, we're seeing a lot less of it. We're seeing a lot more restrictions placed upon us and that that's in jeopardy. And so I think it's something people should really be grateful for. Not everybody needs to be a big risk taker and everybody takes risks according to their threshold, but we should be grateful for those that are willing to take the risks for us to benefit from. So. Absolutely. No, that was very, very well put. You know, one thing that I wanted to come back to about Thanksgiving for a second is, is that, um, and then this kind of segue into Black Friday is this that I think one of the biggest misconceptions that's happening in American societies is that um, there's some sense of for- forgetfulness uh, of what Thanksgiving is really about. Mm-hmm. And, Maybe this is because I watch Christmas Vacation about 40 times minimum <laughs> every year. And I remember the part where um, uh, Claude Griswold is getting ready to cut into the turkey. And, you know, all the family is sitting on the table. Right. And that's really what, you know, that frame is meant to highlight is like the unity of family. Right. Well, said, I think a lot of Americans think, OK, well, Thanksgiving week. Thanksgiving, I'm going to eat turkey, gravy, stuffing, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, pie also. And then I'm going to go shopping for Black Friday. I'm like, really? Is that what you're looking forward to? Like in Thanksgiving week? Isn't that saddening? I, yes. And people are uh, really crazy on Black Friday. And it's, yeah. it's fascinating, right? Just to think of it from a psychological perspective, you know, uh, and sociological, observing humanity. Uh, we have this really joyous, uh, heartfelt, very meaningful holiday where mm. we're expressing our gratitude uh, for, you know, things in our lives and those that came before us. And then the next day we go and, you know, pummel people because they cut in front of us in line to get, you know, a TV. <laughs> um, it's like, wait, well, what happened to that gratitude, you know? Right, right. No, <laughs> that like has... moron. <laughs> yes. So I'm glad you brought up, yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up the, the the social element of Black Friday because that's an excellent thing to talk about. And look, I've been guilty of this because before I had kids, actually, me and me and my wife used to stand in lines because my wife was batshit crazy about deals. And I got, I got a, a, you know, to some extent, I maybe because when I was younger, I was actually able to do this, but now I can't do it because I just don't have the patience for it. But the social element of this is you're absolutely right. Is this that people will battle through lines and battle mm-hmm. each other just so just so they can get their hands on something materialistic that yeah. otherwise they wouldn't be able to afford, only right. so they can get their hands on it. I'm sitting here thinking, and now that we're talking about this, is like, okay. Uh, do I really need a 70-inch TV that bad? Like, let's think about it. Yes, I would love to because I could do a bunch of shit with it, right? But, like, do I really need it? Is it is it a need? Is it a necessity? Or is it a want? And, and I, mm-hmm. Go on. Go I, I was going to say, I think there's nothing wrong with wants and desires. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, there's certainly a, a limit. Like, you know, excessive greed is not something I condone. However... I think the fact that we as human beings always want things and we aspire to things <laughs> is what motivates us, you know, and, and that is the beauty of a capitalistic society is that people will be incentivized to work hard so they can have a 70 inch TV. Um, and right. I, I don't disparage that at all. However, I, what I do disparage is the, the way people conduct themselves in that process. So it's great that we have a day where you can get these deals and, you know, companies can, uh, you know, move product that they might not otherwise be able to. This is a product that's still sitting on the shelves before they need to clear out and bring in new uh, merchandise and uh, inventory. But cutting people in line, you know, fighting people. I mean, the the things that happen on Black Friday are some of the stories are just (laughs) really crazy. It's like, are we animals or are we human beings? Like. Well, you know, know, how important is that TV to you? Yeah. If it's that important to you, get online really early in the morning. You know, be incentivized to work hard. And if that means, you know, a TV you wouldn't normally be able to afford and you get up a few hours early and you go stand online, more power to you. I have have no problems with that. But 
when you start hurting other people or when you are cheating your way through, then I think that becomes a moral question that we need to look at. And I just think it's really ironic that it comes after Thanksgiving, which, you know, people right. are supposed to be showing the gratitude for the things that they do have. And even for the things that you don't, I mean, the opportunity to have Black Friday is amazing. The fact that, oh, yeah. you know, the uh, companies and stores will put these great deals out for you that you can get things that you might not afford otherwise. Um, you know, yeah. so showing a little gratitude as opposed to, uh, you know, I think that when these people get into these fights and these, you know, really uh, uncouth behaviors, I think it stems from a lack of gratitude. Yeah, it, it really does. They're coming from a scarcity mindset of what they don't have and what they feel entitled to. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And one thing I wanted to mention um, on that, because I want to move to the main topic that, that I want to talk about, is just that uh, you're absolutely right. It's the scarcity mindset. But one thing that I also wanted to touch upon, too, is just that I remember when uh, my cousins were here to visit. I guess it was 10 years ago from Bulgaria and it was actually when my sister was getting married. So they came here for her wedding. It was like a big trip of like cousins from overseas. Right. And I remember my cousin actually was wanting to get a camera while he was here. Mind you, this was like that 10 years ago was like when DSLRs, you know, uh, were still really popular and like, you know, photography enthusiasts were really into it. And he is like, especially into like wildlife and stuff like that. Well, I remember him coming here and he was looking at like a Nikon camera. It was like $1,100 at the time. It was like a top of the line Nikon, you know, like with the lens and bells and the whistles. And I remember he was like, I can't even get my hands on this in Eastern Europe. If I can't, it's probably a replica. It's not a real thing, you know, and it's probably twice as much. I'm like, what the hell? And so like what you were talking about is like about Black Friday that we actually have the luxury to actually go out and buy this merchandise that companies are trying to move from the shelf that would otherwise sit, that is such a huge advantage and a luxury that people don't understand. Yeah. And absolutely. the process of approaching it is like, you don't have to fight each other. You're still going to get your hands on it. Don't fight each other. Like, let's be civil here about it, you know, which kind of brings me to the main topic that I want to talk about because I definitely want to spend, you know, time on this. And that is controls your life. Because there's so much that we just talked about that I think right now with, you know, what's happening with the election results, Thanksgiving, Black Friday, just the holidays being around. Like, I, I feel like society is so overwhelmed that they're forgetting about the fact that you control your life. You control your choices. You control your decisions. You know, Let, let's let's talk about that. I want to get your take on who controls Courtney's life. Well, I, I like to believe I control my life. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I, for those who don't know, I was a philosophy major and uh, my, I was always fascinated with the existentialists and I was fascinated with them from actually a very, very young age. Um, you know, when my, when my grandfather had passed, I was nine years old and I really assessed my uh, views on religion and spirituality um, I, and I guess like philosophical frameworks and I had designed kind of this theory of my own and a lot of it is very uh, reminiscent of uh, existentialism and one of the things about and my mom used to as a kid I remember I was so fascinated I actually did an independent study in high school on philosophy and mm -hmm. my mom was like I don't know why you like them they're so depressing and I could they essentially say your life has no meaning, you know, like uh, Sartre and Heidegger both had a, a variation of the same quote that, you know, man is hurled into the world and thus having been hurled, he is responsible for everything he does. Um, you know, there, there's slight variation, but both Heidegger and Sartre had a, a quote that essentially said that. And I thought the opposite. I thought that was incredibly empowering because it meant that our life wasn't predestined. You know, that somebody hadn't decided where we're going to end up. We have free will and we are responsible, which is a lot of pressure, but it means that we have power over, you know, what we do. We can make choices in our life. And so we are very much, we are the masters. We are the creators of our destiny. Um, we don't have full control, obviously, you know, uh, we can't control our circumstances. We can't control 
the way other people interact or the things that we encounter. Um, but we absolutely have a lot of control over our choices. And so I, that's something I try to remind myself all the time is when things are difficult, when things are challenging, when I don't like where things are going is to take responsibility and how can I improve my circumstance and what can I do with, you know, the things that I have at hand. Yeah, no, that's a really good way of putting it. You know, I, and the reason I wanted to bring up this topic is for a lot of different reasons, honestly. I, I wanted to talk about it today specifically on the show because uh, I think over the last two weeks, I've been a lot more subconscious about, I know personally, um, I have a lot of things going on right now. One of them is uh, I started a new nutritional plan about three weeks ago, something completely different than I've ever done. It's wow. a lot more balanced. Uh, I'm also in the gym three to five days per week, Maybe. which is like extreme for me. I've never done anything like this before. Um, Yeah. So it's a real progression, but you know, it it has really, from a mindset standpoint, has really got me thinking into the fact that, you know what, we as humans, at least I'm led to believe that we pave our way. There's people in our lives and there's things in our lives uh, that definitely impact the things that we do, whether it's in our personal lives or business. But for the most part, you know, you get to make certain choices, right? Mm-hmm. You make all the choices. And those choices, the, those actions that follow those choices have either, you know, positive or negative impact. And what I've noticed actually a lot of in society is just that, first of all, when people make bad decisions, they frown upon that. Uh, and a lot of times they don't take accountability because they think that someone else should be accountable for their own mistakes. And I'll give you a prime example. Over the last three weeks, there's been several times where I've ate like shit, literally. In fact, last night was one of them because it was a Friendsgiving. And I'm like, Ivan, you know better. You shouldn't have done this. Okay, use it as a cheat meal, right? But the reality of things that I realized, okay, I have two choices. I could fall into self-pity and dwell in it and say, Ivan, you mad, but you made bad choices. This is going to impact you. This is going to degrade, you know, the course of your path or be solution oriented and just keep going, right? And just say, okay, this is a hiccup. Keep going. Okay. Leave it in the past. It has happened. You can't change it. And I think now that I'm more, more and more think about this, especially over the last couple of weeks is that when I was younger, I used to fall into self-pity. I used to dwell on mistakes. And I think it's because I was allowing people, including some family and friends around me, to dictate that kind of mentality. Whether it was in life, relationships, business. I know in business many times we'll be like, Ivan, you really probably should have done this differently. And it's like, you know what? It was a fuck up. You made a mistake. It's going to happen. You know, whether it was intentional or unintentional, you're going to make those mistakes. You're not perfect. You know, you, you have flaws. But Learning to accept that, Courtney, has been so difficult. But in doing that, I feel like it's bec- it's made me more of a, a whole person in realizing that I have flaws, I will make mistakes, but I'm really good at a lot of things. But finding that counterbalance, and it goes back to who controls your life. I control my life. Right. I get to make choices. I take actions. Good ones and bad ones. You know, there's positive impact. There's negative impact. But at the end of the day, 99% of the things that happen in my life, whether they're good or bad, is the result of the choices and actions that I made. That's it. That's it, literally. And I think there's so many people. I mean, right now, let's face it. Everything that's going on in in the world, literally. I mean, we could be on a cusp of World War III, for all I know, honestly. But like there's so we might much- already be kind of in for three. Right. Right. And and I'm like sitting here thinking, I'm like, because when you look at the world as a whole, right? Whether it, you know, it's religion, it's violence, it's you know, uh chaos, it's everything. I mean, it's a direct correlation of someone or certain people's choices and actions, yeah. right? Because yeah. that's what leads up to that result. Absolutely. And so it's a, people, it's a ripple effect, you know, so I, I think yep. this is something when people think that, you know, what they do doesn't matter or that it just impacts them or, you know, that they're that insignificant. The truth of the matter is that human beings are actually quite insignificant in the grand sense. You know, we are a blip on, you know, a speck in the grand scheme of the universe. But yeah. that doesn't mean that we have no impact or that we don't matter because 
every choice we make has an impact and it is a ripple effect. You know, it, it, it impacts those who are close. It certainly impacts us. And then that has an effect on those who are closest to us. And then they, you know, have an effect on the people around them and the circle just keeps expanding and it is ripple. Um, So I think people, when you start to have a sense of that, you, you take a lot more ownership over your choices because you realize that you have an impact on not only, you know, the trajectory of your own future, but that of those around you. So. No, I, you know, this is, again, this is why I wanted to to discuss this topic on the show is because it's, and when you think about it is a lot of, you know, your life and business is a correlation of your psychology, of your mindset is, you know, how you think, how you react, who you surround yourself with. I mean, I think who you surround yourself with, yes, you know, definitely matters because you don't want to be around negative people. I mean, being around negative people just makes you realize like how much more positive you really are. (laughs) Thing, You know, that's why they say, you know, like-minded people stick with like-minded people, right? Is positive people hanging with positive people. You're never going to see positive people hanging with negative people because they don't have anything in common, literally. One's like, you know, dreading on something and the other's like, you know, all positive and ready to take on the world. But a lot of it is psychology. A lot of it is mindset, you know, and I know personally, like when I look back at, you know, seven years now being a cyclist, you know, like even to this day, I have no freaking idea, like why I even started doing that. But over the the seven years, there's been so many psychological developments that has really kind of created different scenarios and stories as to leading up to the reasoning behind it. And a lot of it actually had nothing to do with uh with uh exercising believe it or not <laughs> I mean, I do it an exercise, but for the most part it was mindset development it was yeah. endurance as an internal endurance not yeah. physical endurance I and uh, one of my clients actually that that i visited uh on, on my trip in, in in west virginia actually said something he said it really stuck in my mind and i wanted to bring it up too so he said you know uh, people do business, you know, with people that like trust and see value. And so the likability is like, okay, you know, my clients fit, you know, really buff and stuff. So like, I mean, into exercise and health and fitness. So there's like a common interest, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it's also a matter of appeal as well, mm-hmm. because sure. when you appeal to each other also, that creates that likability, that creates that common interest. So like, well, it's also the relatability, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Part of it, yeah, yeah. The relatability is is such an important factor. Is because let's face it, if you don't have it to relate to with someone, you know, like like you have nothing to talk about, really. Like there's yeah. no no discussion there. And so, uh, in fact, rela- relatability that's a really good one that you mentioned. I think mm-hmm. you know when it comes to um, you know controlling your life is that you have to have relatability to common interests, to common people, people that have similar interests like you to things, to, you know, in the world and society, you know, things you do for a hobby, things that you do for fun, you know, like there's always a relatability factor, right? Like values. I think that that's a really big one. Value. I I something you were saying about um, the the cycling and how like it was more about mindset than it was even about Mm -hmm. exercise. Um, I think one of the things about, I totally believe that, you know, I have my show, Wim, what is movement? It's all Um, about what we learn from movement and how movement is a metaphor for life. And I think one of the things that is so missing from people today, um, and this really speaks to uh, why I think there is a lack of gratitude, is that I think people lack personal responsibility um, and a sense of it. And I think it is something that physical training really teaches you. You know, I always say this, that it doesn't matter how gifted an athlete is, you're not going to the Olympics by sitting on your butt every day watching. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. And it doesn't yep. matter how much raw talent you have. You still have to put the work in. And yep. any athlete knows that. They know that it's about the time, the effort, you know, and strategy that they put into whatever sport it is or whatever training it is. What you put in is what you get out. And that teaches you a sense of personal responsibility. And I yep. think that part of why we see such a, 
you know, increase in, you know, depression and people feeling like they don't matter, they don't have an impact is because they're not taking personal responsibility. And personal responsibility is what gives you a sense of meaning in your life. It gives you a sense of purpose. Um, You know, even if it's just meaning, which I think is a smaller scale than purpose, which has a much larger scale and, you know, purpose can lead to a sense of primordial transcendence. But you know, meaning is important as well. And meaning comes from a sense of personal responsibility is taking ownership and, you know, accountability and feeling that we have pride in what we do. Um, And I think that, you know, uh, physical training really does teach you that because it's so tangible. You just know what you put in is what you get out and you see it, you feel it, uh, and you can't argue with it. Yeah, I I agree 100. percent Actually, speaking of um, the what is movement, actually, just to throw in a plug for you, um, for those that are watching and watching the replay, make sure you visit CourtneyTurner.com and check out Courtney's first uh, episode of the Courtney Turner podcast. There's also info about Wim also on her website, which is just fascinating. But what you said is right on point. And you talked about accountability. And I think that that's, that's how you really gain control of your life, too, is just that, you know, by being more accountable uh, about things and not just being accountable about, well, good things, bad things, too, because, exactly. you know, take, accountability is about responsibility. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a difficult thing. And I know personally, when I was younger, that's something that I struggled with. You know, I'd make a mistake and I tried to shove it under the rug because I didn't want to deal with it. You know, it's like when a kid gets in trouble and, and they don't want to face the consequences. They're basically. caught with their hand in the cookie jar and they're like, it wasn't me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like, uh, who stole a cookie from the cookie jar? You know, wasn't me because you don't want to admit Their hand is literally in the cookie jar. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And been there, done that. Been there, done that. And you know what I realized is this time uh, the people who have control of their lives are the ones that are the most humble, the most admittable, the most accountable, most responsible, you know? And there's a lot of those things when it comes to especially accountability that I think society frowns upon because let's face it. I mean, in the social world, you make a mistake or you rub someone the wrong way. Suddenly you're, you, they're unattracted to you. They don't want to talk to you. You know, if anything, they unfriend you or block you <laughs> on social media. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? What are we in third grade? You know, but that's the reality, literally. And I think uh, I mentioned this um, earlier on the, on the show of, um, you know, how evil some people uh, can be. In fact, uh, I think I mentioned about my wife's best friend who owns a gymnastics gym and someone called the cops on her because they hadn't closed the gym. And I'm like, really? Just imagine like the time someone, the time and energy someone spent doing that could have been spent doing something more productive, you yeah, know? Sure. Like, yeah, for for sure. Um, and I, I want to address like and you're saying how uh sorry, I totally lost my train of thought. Yeah, go on. All right. No, it's 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 all right. Hopefully we can come back to it. But you know, uh, controlling your life is about, you know, not only accountability, but you know, also making the choices that you're comfortable with because um this is yeah, this is what to address. Okay. Um I think this also relates to you were saying that it's becoming like pervasive where you know, uh, people are, won't take responsibility and there's like this social pressure against it. And I, I think that's absolutely accurate. I'm seeing so much of that today. And I think it's because there is this, uh, you know, very just pervasive, um, you know, uh, infiltration of making victimhood trendy. I, I had a hard time getting the words out because it's so hard to even say it's that. True. But it's I'm seeing true. I'm seeing so much of it and it bothers me so much. Um, because I just don't see how on earth that's productive. I, no. I see that as human beings, we have such tremendous capability for progress and advancements and you know, we're we're capable of doing such monumental things. But victimhood, you know, just destroys all of that it takes away so much of our potential and it leads us to be shameful and depressed and and just it really hinders all progress and productivity um so i'm seeing such like it really is trendy and instead of people 
you know, taking pride in their successes in taking pride in their efforts and working towards things. Instead, you know, they're being glorified for being victims. And I just, it's astounding to me. I don't get it at all. You're, I mean, I, 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 I couldn't agree with that anymore. You talked, you talked about victimhood. It's just that, you know, I'll give you a prime example is, um, you know, about controlling life, you know, um, over the last couple of weeks. And I think I mentioned this in the beginning is that I've been, I've been putting emphasis on like, okay, uh, am I living a life where, you know, I'm making the choices that I want and taking the cha- the actions that I feel comfortable with, or am I so consciously worried about other people's perception and likability and acceptance? And this has been a struggle for a very long time for me because at one point, you know, and someone who, you know, I was bullied all through high school. So I had huge self-confidence issues for a very long time, you know, and I, I was wondering, like, am I making the right choices? You know, is this for me or do I need to make choices for other people? And what's really fascinating, and, and I mentioned this in my story actually earlier, is that you, you find who your true supporters and friends are and family I should say, when you, you kind of like venture off on your own beaten path to find yourself, you know, and uh, let's face it, I'm very raw, I'm very direct, I'm very transparent, I'm really, I, I don't give a fuck, you know, uh, this is me, you like it or not, you know, and it's like, I'm not forcing anybody to do anything, and suddenly, it seems like all the the the, uh, the access baggage, so to speak, started mm-hmm. like diffusing slowly, you know, mm-hmm. like these people that, that I thought were like there for like support, moral support, encouragement, no longer there, you know, yeah. kind of like face. But then it's funny because like those people will come back for help and be like, oh, <laughs> right. you know, it's like, uh, okay, this is a two way street, not a one way street. Right. So, but the most fascinating thing about this, Courtney, is it's that really finding myself. You know, as an individual, as a person of who I am. And actually, um, while I was on my business trip, <laughs> there was one night that me and my client cleared two bottles of red wine because we were just talking. It was quite a bit in like maybe two hours time. Wow. That, literally. I mean, we were just like fish. And one thing that we were talking about is he said, um, you know, reaching the top, getting to be the person that you want to be is actually a lonely road because uh, so many people are are not going to see the things that you see. So many people are going to degrade you along the way. So many people are going to try to discourage you. Some people even try to sabotage you even because uh, they'll also feel um, that uh, the word is not violated. They feel threatened. Uh, threatened. Yes, yeah. threatened because you are finding yourself intimidated. That's the word, intimidated, yep. because you come across as someone who, let's face it, if you're someone who truly knows yourself, you control your life, you know the things you want, like this is what I want out of my personal life, this is what I want out of business, and you know, by God, you know, I'll do everything possible. That comes across intimidating to people. Sure. It does because uh, it comes across as intimidating because you know who you are and what you want what you want in life, and they don't. And they feel intimidated because they feel overpowered. Uh, or or highlights their insecurities and, you know, mm-hmm. the thing that they uh, are unsure of, you know. So uh, yeah. a lot of people like to, Nietzsche has a great quote, uh, that people don't want the truth because they don't want their illusions destroyed. And I, I think there's a lot of truth in that, you know, yeah. like a lot of people live in their fantasy world because they don't want to face the truth. And I think more than even facing the truth of the world out there externally, most people have the hardest time wrestling with the truth about themselves. That's terrifying yeah. to most people. You know, most people would rather, it's part of why intimacy is so difficult for most people. You know, most people, even people who have spent their life being married, have families, you know, to be truly intimate is very difficult for a lot of people. And it's not, it's not the, the intimacy of being presented with the other human. It's the, it's that mirror being held to you. It's being, you know, able to be truly vulnerable, knowing yourself, viewing yourself, really like taking an introspective look at yourself and then being willing and able to share that with another. Um, And, you know, that process is a, it's an ongoing process, right? So you're always a, uncovering more and more 
about yourself. And that I think is something that a lot of people uh, don't want to do or not capable of doing and are really terrified of doing. Um, I want to touch up on, on one thing before we wrap up this episode. And that is you, you talked about intimacy, but you made a really good point. You said, and this is probably an outdated uh, statistic, but I think over 60% of marriages in the United States result in divorces. That's a probably five-year-old statistic. So that might be even higher now at this point, which is kind of saddening, okay. uh, right? But you said real and vul vulnerable. And here's why I think a lot of marriages, especially in the United States, result in divorces is because after a period of time, right, is this is why, well, this is really with any relationship, whether you're married or not, it just takes work and you have to be real and you have to be transparent and you have to be vulnerable. But at some point, like you said, that mirror you were talking about is creates division because um, you're starting to hide insecurities. Mm -hmm. uh, because you're afraid of being judged, right? When, when, if you ask me in a relationship, you know, you should have a sense of openness. You should have transparency, right? And that also gives, uh, makes you feel like you have control over your life because you're not holding anything back. Right. I think the other thing too, so, so when you were saying like people might feel intimidated, so someone, I mean, we're all a work in progress, right? But yep. there are people who do have a, a much more of a sense of uh, courage in, you know, examining themselves. And right. I think that that actually can be very intimidating to others who are not because they it, it highlights the fact that they are self unaware, unaware of themselves, that they yep. are hiding themselves, that they are not uh, living authentically. And, you know, people don't necessarily want to look at their negative traits or what it is that they are. This goes back to victimhood again, right? Yeah. It's a lot easier to blame somebody else than it is to take responsibility for the mistakes that you have made. And sometimes we make, and most of, I, I don't know, like a lot of the times we make mistakes unintentionally. We don't go around like trying to step yeah. in potholes, you know, we, we step in them because we didn't see them. Um, so you know, take ownership of that though. You you made a mistake and, you know, what can we learn from it? But a lot of times people don't want to do that. They want to blame somebody else, blame a circumstance. And I think when you see somebody who has, you know, the courage of who they are and is very aware of who they are, that can be very intimidating and threatening to somebody who's not. And yeah. who's, you know, in their shadows, so. so Absolutely, absolutely. Um, amazing discussion again, Courtney. I think this was a great, great topic. And, and I want to thank you for contributing so much to it. I know from a psychology yeah. standpoint, you always bring the fire on stuff like this. Um, and for those that are watching and listening, uh, this was episode 94 of the Roz Project, um, a multi-streaming everywhere. Uh, we are all over there. Uh, on every audio video platform and uh we're back friday so that'll be oh that'll be black friday, <laughs> yeah, black friday. friday. <laughs> that'll be an interesting discussion for sure and uh according do you have anything else to add before we wrap things up no this was awesome yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Yeah.